All right, everybody doing? My name is Sean Davey with Big by Big uh, Performance Training. And today we have our guest, uh, Mark Williams. Mark, how you doing? I'm well, man. How about yourself? Can't complain, man. It's a fine Sunday. Yeah, word. Uh, so first question I wanted to ask you, um, you know, tell us who you are and what do you do? Uh, my name is Mark Williams, and I'm the owner and co-founder of Team Footprint Basketball Training. We're primarily a basketball training company based out of New York City. However, we uh, do travel throughout the world and also obviously in the New York City metropolitan area. And our sole purpose primarily is just to get players better to the next level act um, um, financially. Um, yeah, financially also because scholarship is involved, but uh, sure. to get players better um, basketball-wise and use basketball as a tool for them to become better people long-term for society. The end. No, I get it. I get it. You <laughs> basketball, don't let basketball use you. Right. Hell yeah. So just a segue into the next question. So, you know, as a coach, and as a skill developer, um, what do you focus on when it comes to developing the athletes you work with? Um, deficiencies. So our goal primarily is to make their strengths, maintain their strengths, but also increase their uh, weaknesses. Um, so we want to work on stuff that they can't necessarily do initially um, or struggle with um, and, and make that an area that's strong, stronger than when they first walk into our doors. Um, our goal primarily is to enhance their strengths, but also more importantly, you know, build those weaknesses so they become strengths also. No, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. So do you feel like um, you try to focus more so on making sure that um, you don't break what's already been given, meaning like, you know, you got the blueprint, you already have what the player is. You're not trying to change them for who they are. You're trying to maximize their role. Yeah, we, well, but if we see anything wrong with their shot or their footwork, yeah, sure. we want to correct that for the, for the sure. most part. Um, but, you know, even Carmelo Anthony, as great as he is, he can still use some type of, you know, instruction or some some type of um, breakdown to a certain extent to enhance his game. So it's no different on the youth level and also on the grassroots and all, obviously the high school level. So we try to enhance their skill set, but more importantly, work on their deficiencies and, and critique exactly how they can become better and more efficient with, at the sport of basketball. And then which is a translation to obviously the game of life. No, for sure. I got you on that. Well, seeing that you are being in New York City and it's one of the biggest cities of all time, um, you know, what are some of the personal hurdles uh, that you see your athletes um, deal with on a day-to-day -day basis? And also, how do you help them overcome those hurdles by using basketball? Yeah, uh, go to answer your question going backwards is use basketball. And again, like you mentioned, use basketball yeah. as well as let basketball use you and, and, and have them get the best or the most that they possibly can out of their basketball skills. Squeeze that basketball orange as much as possible. Uh, to maybe more into type of scholarship opportunities, professional opportunities, but also again use basketball as a conduit to life. Um, one of the drawbacks and hurdles is primarily New York City. Uh, all this greatness, it still has a lot of distractions, a lot of a lot of things. Although distractions are everywhere, but New York City is amplified because New York City, as you mentioned, is probably one of the biggest cities uh, in the world. And there's just more people, which obviously leads to more distractions, which leads to op um, opportunities where you can get into basically shit that you shouldn't be really getting involved in. Basically, for sure. And um, I think just to add into that point, um, I think that's what, in a sense, makes coaches uh, really valuable. And it really mm -hmm. shows uh, um, the worth of a coach if you can go in there and help these children become um, young adults and show them how to navigate through the distractions along the way. Yeah, and, and that's our job as coaches slash mentors first yeah. and foremost. And then also you have to have a strong foundation within the parents in the home that can also aid to that because um, 
although we use in basketball, we're basically a basketball tutor. We're not there to replace any particular person. We're not here to replace a teacher. We're not here to replace a, um, a parent. We're here to augment what they're currently doing. And luckily we've been in a situation where we've had great parents and the, and the parents are, you know, they, we dovetail one another to, to, to formulate a, a pretty good uh, person um, within the, that play to happen to play basketball. Nah, for sure. I got you on that. And I respect that a lot. I think um, that's what we need more in the, um, not just basketball community, but I think in the sports world itself is that um, the kids have to come first. And it's not a cliche. It's literally what it is. The kids have to come first. And it's more about, like you said, giving them the opportunity to use the, the sport or the craft to get the most out of it for themselves on the field and also off the field. Yep, I agree. Uh, to, piggyback, to piggyback what you just said, um, I remember growing up and, and as a young educator um, working in you know various colleges, mm-hmm. always it was a cliche. You help one kid, you you've done your job. Um, yeah. now, now, as an older person, that seemed to be the the, the real the, one of the realest quotes you've ever heard in my life is that you know that you helping that one leads to helping two, which leads to helping four, which helps lead to eight, sixteen, thirty two, sixty four, all the way to one twenty eight, and just continue. So. You just have to maintain that staying with that strong responsibility as, a, as an adult and also as a mentor for these young men and women. Yeah, because, you know, once you teach one how to operate and how to lead the way, they, in a sense, influence others. Right. You know, there you go. and the virus work the same as that way. It starts off with one thing that trickles down everything else. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So um, another question. Uh, what do you enjoy the most when it comes to uh, you being a coach and a mentor? Uh, seeing that person succeed, and again, obviously there, there are different levels of success, um, but um, seeing them grow and prosper from a s- small seed to a a plant that's you know vibrant and, and, and full of life. That was kind of dope what I just said, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was some balls for sure. It was some balls. <laughs> yeah, but basically, have those see um, you know get pride in them blooming. And I look at NCAA basketball now with, with 2021, I see yeah. a lot of people that came through our doors that are doing extremely well on the, on the collegiate level, on the court as well as off the court. So you know, I think that's the biggest the biggest accomplishment is, you know, seeing these kids go on and do, do big things academically as well as basketball-wise. Yeah, just a reference, uh, you know, one of those players doing great off the court. Um, you know, Thule's were like one of those players that's, you know, taking something that um, – a lot of people my age think about doing like, you know, helping our community and, you know, giving right. back stuff like that. But she's taking it to like a whole different level. Right. And I think that's something uh, we all need to, in a sense, um, I wouldn't say shed more light upon, but like more so like, you know, highlight about how we can really use this ball instead of just for ourselves, but for the community and for others and see how this one ball can really gravitate everybody to a positive source. And I think that's really the power of sports is that if we allow ourselves to use as a conduit to get to our goals, we can inspire others to do the same thing. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And the person you're talking about, Batuli, Batuli Kamara, is like one of my biggest, proudest persons in, in the world because we had conversations almost on a daily basis about what should she, what should she do. Yeah. And she's done a great job of manifesting you know, her, her dreams and her, her passion. She's very passionate about helping the community. Yes, for and, sure. In particular, the community of her of her country, where she's come from, where they're, they're, they don't have the luxuries that they that we have here in America and other countries. And she's just doing, you know, head and shoulders above what everyone else is doing and use basketball as that opportunity as a gateway to, in order to make a change. Yeah, for sure, man. And um, 
she has great character, and I think that's the backbone of everything that that makes her so incredible. But um, her using that character and using basketball and that passion all in one model, when you just condense all of that energy, you can't you can't uh, control it, man. It just blows up, and that's why you know she's doing so many great things right now. Yep, she is, and she's still on the court performing, so I can't be mad at that. Yeah, she's still killing the court. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I guess I would say just to piggyback on early in terms of uh, developing and stuff and uh, investing into the athletes. Um, this is a question that um, not a lot of coaches may get, but as your role as a coach, um, how do you communicate to your uh, trainee in terms of making sure whatever you're doing correlates to what they're doing on the court with their coach or with their other trainer or whatever they have going on in the support system as an athlete? Yeah, I'm honest with them. No, I'm not going to bullshit any particular player. I'm going to tell you exactly what, how I see it based upon my 25 plus years of experience on the collegiate level gotcha. as, well as, the high, as well as the high school level uh, and training. Uh, I'm going to be honest and then um, speak to your coaches, not a lot, but mostly to the parents to inform them of what they need to be informed them and what not to be, um, what information they should use and what information they should not use. And just basically help them, again, dovetail what they're currently doing, not to replace but dovetail it to make them a better player and obviously a better person so i'm not going to replace their coaches their teachers anything like that it's not my job if they want advice i'm here for it if they don't i'm not going to volunteer because i don't want to be in a position where they feel i gave them the wrong advice and i kind of screw their lives up i don't want to be i don't want that that's a heavy burden for me to carry um so i'd rather just if they, if they ask for it i'll give my advice and i don't even and i don't even use the advice that um, I say what you should do. I ins instead say if you were my child or yeah. my child would do this. Um, and then they could take that information and do what they want. So I try to help them as much as I can, but not to the point where I'm, I'm a, a handler or anything like that. My job is to get them better basketball wise, which leads them a better person, which leads them to mm -hmm. possibly a scholarship and also overseas or professional aspirations. So that's the extent of my job. Yeah, I feel you about right that because um, being a uh oh, we we froze it, y'all. Must be driving something. Sean, can you hear me? Uh oh. Okay, there you go. Maybe. You back? I can hear you. Can you see me? I'm back. I I can see you yeah. now. Move your hand so I can see. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're a little delayed, but I, I still see you. What the hell's going on? I don't know. You got some bullshit, sir. You see me now? Yeah, I got you. Hey, that's T-Mobile for you. We can help you. So um, as I'm maneuvering through the um through the arena of just wearing different hats, I realized that uh the, the lines get kind of blurred in terms of people understanding their real role. Um, trainers end up trying to be like the head coach. Um, the head coach becomes, in a sense, like you know, the handler and tries to make sure they do they, the players everything they say. 
Uh, yeah. The parent comes to training and oversteps what the trainer's trying to do. It's like yeah. um, not a real role of communication in terms of like what everybody's role should do and how to get this athlete better. And I think um, these athletes should take some empowerment about themselves. Like Styles P said, they're geniuses. So these geniuses should empower themselves to understand like, look, I need you to be just my coach. I need you just to be mom and dad. I need you just to be the trainer because when you're getting pulled from so many different angles, like you said before, it's going to, in a sense, um, delay the growth the right way because you're trying to do what he's saying, trying to do what she's saying, trying to do what he's saying. And it's like you're getting pulled in so many directions. Where is the direction of growth? Where are we going? We can't just go to the right, then double back, go to the left, and then double back, go down. Like we have to pick a certain path we have to walk towards. So somebody has to be the head coach for this child to let them um, grow within the system. Someone has to be the tutor or a trainer so that child can get better within the system. And the parents just have to simply be parents to just stay there and love their child. And, you know, if they got to do extra work at the house, that's on them to, you know, support it. Agreed. I, I will go a step further and equate it to a basketball team. So, I mean, that's what I see a lot in terms of all. Um... Okay. No, I would actually go a step further and, and equate it to a basketball team where everyone has a role. Your point guard can't do what your center does and your center can't do what your point guard does and whatever the case may be it can't it, it, it can't be like your coach can't be the point guard your coach is the coach your point guard the point guard everyone has their role defined i think what happens a lot on the court as well as off the court is a mm -hmm. lot of people are afraid to define roles and mm -hmm. i think what happens if you think about if you think about your high school team and your, and your, your college team and all that stuff nobody sat there and told the players this is what I need you to do. True. I need you to run the team, get everybody involved, hit the open jump shot, da da da, lead us. No one, nobody wants to do that because they feel that they're going to pigeonhole that kid into that role. But you, if you, if you, if you're savvy enough with, and you have a good relationship, you'll be able to navigate through that. Um, being real is not being um, uh, mean. If you this you can't rebound, you're five one. The rebound may fall into your hand, but you're not that's not your job. Your job mm -hmm. is to get to the paint, create havoc, kick the ball, score if need be, but I don't need 15 rebounds from you. So I think that people are afraid to do that. So I I, I don't know why people don't define roles on on, on our mm -hmm. on our on our staff. We define the roles. And, and I'm the low man on the totem pole, and I'm secure within self to say that my staff is run by Margar by Margarita, uh, Margarita, Markia Alexander, is run by Lauren Brakowski. Like, it's, it's not Mark Williams. It's not Mark Williams. I know my role. So, yeah. and, and, and our job as leaders and mentors is to put them in position where they can take over and run the whole kid and kaboom. And that's all that we're, we're trying to do over here. No, I respect that for sure. Um, segue to the question, um, uh, and, you know, as a person of yourself who, you know, played ball, went to college, became an educator, and then became, um, uh, co-founded an independent company for, um, skill development and also mentorship, um, what do you think advice for, um, you know, to all the listeners out there in terms of, um, working towards your dreams and aspirations, like, what are, what are your advice? Um, you have to have a level of stick to you have to believe in your shit 
Mm -hmm. You have to um, ignore the naysayers and those that um, are in your field and just try to figure out how to become better than them or different than them. Um, there's a phrase that I use and we're gonna use for something else we got coming up soon for one of our content um, pieces. It's called, um, uh, I'll give you the phrase, it's called um, growing the cracks. Mm. And, and, I, and, I, and, and, and what I mean by that is survey, survey the, the environment, mm. see how you can be different within the environment and where these other people are navigating they're not hitting every demographic. So you have to figure out a way where you can grow in the cracks and, and, and where, where, wherever they're tough and great at, every company's lacking something in some way, shape or form. So you have to be able to foster some type of development in the cracks. And that's what we, um, the next thing that we have coming up is gonna be big, we think it's big. Um, and I shout out to my staff, uh, they working their ass off um, and that we're going to start a uh, some some of what we're doing now where we're going to help we think help people as far as help them through the whole process and one of our biggest thing is growing the crack you know how Tupac had a rose rose from a crack or from a yeah. concrete yeah that something was something in my room at like in fifth grade um and it's a beautiful poem too it just talks about how basically when everybody expected the rose not to grow they still find a way to grow correct so you have to so they 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 doubted the naysayers doubted it they said it couldn't happen. It may not be the prettiest rose. It may be a crooked stem yeah. this way, this way, this way, but nonetheless, it's still grew. So that's how you as a company and, and a business, you know, you have to figure out how to grow within the craft. So that's what we're trying to do. Well, I think this adding to your point of what you said earlier, how do you become better than them or you call up your own lane? Um, I think in a sense, you can just, in my opinion, what I try to do is call up your own lane and just be better than you were yesterday. I think it's the best option because, um, I wouldn't say it's oversaturation, but I feel like um, when you realize you are your only competition, yeah, and you're only as better as yesterday's last attempt, yeah, they more focus on the process versus you trying to figure out, damn, what he's doing, what she's doing, oh, how I do that, damn, they just dropped something new, I got to catch up. It's like you're so trying to play catch up so much, it's like you're gonna run around and pick up anything just to try and get close to what they're doing, but like you can't get close. They're gonna do what they did before to get there. All you yeah. have to do, like you said, just find your niche, find your role, and, and, and in a sense, place that within what they're not doing well, and then you'll get the other people that they can't get. Growing the cracks. That's basically what you just said, is growing the cracks. So here's a, um, as a picture that I used to circulate on Instagram and also Twitter, more so Twitter. Um, uh, there's a, a picture of a bread aisle, and mm -hmm. it's 400 million breads when you walk down a bread aisle. Yeah. But they all they all are, eat, are are bread, but they all are different in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's gluten free over here, whether it's, this one's vegan, what whatever the niche is, you have yeah. to figure out what your niche is and, and and pinpoint your niche and be mother effing good at your niche and dominate your niche to the point where the other bread companies, the bigger ones, want to say, "What the f is he doing? And yep. why are we not in that market?" Exactly. That. So that's that's our goal, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to do something like that. But that's how I, the biggest advice I would give someone: uh, stick to itiveness, stubbornness, as far as the other your your your, um, your, your competition. And uh -huh. this is a rap cliche: um, okay. uh, be the wave and don't join the wave. Yeah, you gotta be on your bigger belly, man. You gotta you gotta be the silver surfer. Yeah, silver surfer. You gotta be the first one. You gotta be. You gotta, <laughs> yeah. you gotta, that's, that's how you gotta do it. 
Yeah, you gotta, be, you gotta be bigger bills, man. You gotta start the wave, man. Yeah, start the wave. Don't be, don't follow it. Yep. Nah, for sure. Um, just on a little tangent, uh, cause that was like my last question I wanted to ask. But just one little tangent, um, cause um, I deal with strength conditioning and stuff like that. And um, I know in the inner city, especially with the high schools, um, that's a department that's not, in a sense, uh, funded properly. Yeah. Um, and but you're very creative when it comes to this type of stuff. I know you uh, you dabble in it. Um, how do you help develop um some type of strength and conditioning with the dilapidated resources within the high school region of New York City? You say dilapidated? Dilapidated. I can't Bless pronounce your, it. Bless yeah. your heart. That, 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 that's a good SAT word. Um, how do you overcome that? Um. I think, and I, this is not a promo for us, but it can be done. You know, we have a train by yourself series and through the pandemic, we was doing a lot of strength and conditioning stuff, body weight stuff. Like, like mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but there's nothing wrong with bands. Like I, I remember growing up, I hated bands. I was like, oh, you, that shit is corny. You're not going to get strong, wrong, wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you can use band work. You can go to the park and, you know, chin-ups, pull-ups. Uh, you know them the dudes beginning crazy on the jungle gyms. Yeah, you could do all that jungle gym stuff, and you could. You, I mean, if you want to keep it funky, funky. I'm in New York. You could go in the corner and get on the um, the uh, the, the walk signs and really yeah. keep it honey. Yeah, jump yeah. off and do some pull ups. Yeah, yeah. You could. So it's, it's, if you are if you are um, innovative and, and a risk taker, you can you can get strong um, yeah. just by doing that stuff. And then also you can also run. Like I mean, like you, you can't get run better at running or faster unless you fucking do it so so you gotta put it put it with the sprints and you know that obviously builds up your glutes and your lowers and your cores um obviously your legs of course um and we all know your power comes from your lower um, extremities for the most part um so you can do that stuff on your own without obviously a lot of research that you would have to do on your own utilizing you know bing or google whatever the case may be but sure. it can be it could be done so I, I when people say they don't have a gym like I got in, I got in great shape during the quarantine, like just by running every day and doing push-ups and squats and you know lifting water bottles. Oh, oh I'm gonna prove it. Watch this, and this is just for the visual aids. I got you. Say less. Oh, look, this is what I use. Here, this is what I use my curls, so, like a water job. So I just yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this is like this is a I don't know what this is pH water, you know whatever. I'm sitting here doing curls with this, and this is like a regular banner you can buy in the store. Uh huh. And it, obviously, the audio people can't see this, but you hear, and you just you, you know figure it out. So oh, there, there are ways you can get around you not having access to a gym. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of bands now, as I you know as I get older, and I and, and basketball players don't need to get bulky anyway. So it's gotta be just, fit. It's gotta be strong. Basketball strong, as they say. Just gotta be basketball strong. Hold your own. Push somebody if you need to, and hold your ground. That's really it. Legs and your uppers, but you got to have shoulders. Dwight Howard has the best shoulders um, of all time. Like his shoulders are broad, strong, and everything. Um, and in your legs. Nah, that's, that's a fault. Um, and, then, and then one more thing, you can obviously do agility. I don't do a lot of agility when I training session um, because you don't have like an hour and a half of a session and I'm a basketball guy per se, but you can do agility at home. You can get your little ladder and you can you know, bop, 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 different foot patterns. Nah, for sure. And um, just to add upon that point in terms of like, you know, um, taking the time out to like, you know, do your own research and get strong and stuff like that. Um, I think in my opinion, that's the difference between um, an NYC or Philadelphia or 
even a Baltimore compared to a, a Texas, a um, Atlanta, a Florida, just due to the fact that like these Southern states invest so much more time into the, the strength and conditioning portion. Is that like, you know, okay, cool. We can do the bands, we can do the push-ups, but like, damn, they're doing power cleans. They're doing yeah. sweat. Yeah. They got a whole program. They, they paying for a strength coach. It's like, um, growing up down here, you, you you see the difference in terms of just athleticism. And um, even though every time, would it be like an AAU tournament, you'll see like, you know, NYJ Hawks come down or you'll see like um, Gauchos come down and play. And of course, they skilled as hell. They killing everybody, but they having a hard time when it comes like, you know, the athletic Cali kids or the athletic Atlanta kids and stuff like that. And them dudes just, as soon as they get the rebound, they they down the court in like three, four seconds and y'all still trying to get back. So, yes. um I think um, in terms of um, inner city athletics, even though the funding isn't there, I think it should be um, a, a creative movement of, how, of, of developing some sort of strength and condition to help these athletes get ready for the next stage because the inner cities will always build the most talent due to the fact of a lot of street balls being played. So a lot more pickup, more instincts as we talked about before. Um, uh, the grit, the grind, they're going to fall, so they're going to have it. Child out to Jose Alvarado that just won for Tech. You know, those type of kids are going to be able to endure a lot of stuff most kids won't because of the environment they're, they're, they're in every single day. Right, right, right. However, without that athletic opponent, though, I think that's what's holding them back for sometimes getting to the to the NBA big stage versus, like, you know, the overseas six-figure contract. Because I see that a lot in terms of the demographic of the athletes. I notice that the athletes that are – in the athletic-driven states are the ones that become the NBA pros. The athletes that are more in the inner cities that don't push athletics or push skill, grit, and toughness, they usually just become like an overseas legend. So that's what I'm seeing. And like, I'm seeing some type of correlation with that. How do you feel about that statement? Yeah, I would go a step further. I agree with everything you said. And I would go a step further and look at the um, the, the, the climate of those mm -hmm. cities that you mentioned. Um, here in New York City, we're outside maybe seven months of the year. True. Um, and we don't have the facilities that are spaced at some of those places that you mentioned. Same thing with Philadelphia, same thing with Baltimore. They lack um, um, buildings, facilities. Whereas down south, uh, you have way more space. You have, you have maybe 11 months of outsideness. Um, For sure. So there's a lot more opportunity. And I'm not gonna blame you know, the, 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 the climate, but it's, it's a factor. For and sure. I, I just think that here in the, New, in the Northeast, the, the, the emphasis is the emphasis is not on strength and conditioning it's more so like you mentioned on development of the skill but we have to do a better job of addressing why we have so many ACL injuries why we have so many um, um in, in a lack of preparedness for um, first year they get to school where it's a lot more strength and conditioning and, and it's all foreign to these kids they don't know cleans they don't know jerks they don't know uh, uh all of the things that's that, you know, easy. The, the lunges and they don't know that stuff. They haven't been offered that or provided any opportunity to, to learn from that. So I think we have to do a better job in, in increasing athletic ability too here in, a, in a New York, and Northeast, Northeast, Northeast. Sure. And, but sadly, it does come down to money. Like, as you know, and I, and I said not too long ago on another podcast, since 2010, this has been a money generating business. No yeah. strength and condition, not, not, not only strength and condition, strength and condition slash basketball training or training as, as a whole. Yeah. And, People just, people ain't doing shit for free no more. And, and it's, it's sad and, and it's just a stark reality. But, you, you know, I understand it as a business standpoint, from a business standpoint, but at some point we have to care about the culture more so than, um, than, than the actual development. We have to care about the culture.
I think he's, the kid's got to get better. Yeah, because um, I think somebody told me last on Twitter, just on a real quick tangent, but somebody um, I was posting because we talked about it yesterday about um, you know, you know how to um spot cues and how to teach cues and stuff like that to get an athlete, you know, to think more instinctual and stuff like that. And I was just studying on uh, triple threat, and I was just writing down like you know out of each category, how many moves you got a triple threat. So I did the math. I'm like, just going to one side. You got 108 moves going to one side. I'm like, why we got four move combos? Dude was in the DMs telling me, now nah, don't give her all that sauce, man. Like, you know, you're doing too much. Like somebody will run and steal it. I'm like, I'm not worried about nobody running and stealing it because you got to teach what I'm talking about. You can't do 108 moves at one time. So right. I'm not working with that. But secondly, I was like, I'm trying to push something new, though. I'm trying to push a certain type of narrative. Like, I, I'm willing to give off the stuff I'm working hard to learn about, study study about to other people to just see and just grab their eyes so we can try and pinpoint, like, damn, you know what, you're right. Let, let's teach this more. Let's, let's, let's add this more. Let's bring this component over here because we need more people that's about the culture and less about the finances because if you build it, it will come. It's just yeah. culture over commerce. Exactly. Great. That's a great quote. Might have to copyright that shit. You got it, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got credit. Quote. You can use it. You can use it. Use it. I got more. I got more. I got more. But yeah, man, Um, I, I think that's what we need to head. And I'm willing to give up, like, you know, the free sauce or the free game, whatever you want to call it, because it's it's where we need to go as well as well. We need to direct our attention because, um, so what if you got just got your business started and you about to be, you know, black wealth, like, stop right. it. Let's, Build, build this, build this, and whatever you're looking for will come on the back end. But you got to build the development because, say, like you care about the kids and you know you in the red for two, three years, you're like, man, this some bullshit. But I, after that, you slowly come out the red and like you cool, you chilling. But then after like you know the decade passed, you done pushed out like ten pros and just look how much you just built your whole program. You took all them L's at first. You built the right coach. And in 10 years, you built all these pros. And now these pros are, you know, even though they don't do it all the time, but now these pros are, you know what I'm saying, uh, making you known that you were the heavy lifter, make you know that you were there. And they kept you, and they still keep you as, you know, the main guy that got them there. Unlike what we see now was in the heavy lifter gets them to the big stage, and now they get the NBA pro. Like, that nigga ain't get you here. Like, stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, um, that's how it feels like you just got to take that to the chin, even if you do lose that, uh, you know, relationship a little bit. But you got to take it to the chin and just get them to the promised land. Because if we do that, um, I feel like basketball being be in better hands if we push culture over commerce versus the other way around. Agreed. 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 Last, last uh, little question uh, I'm about to ask mm -hmm. you. Um, I guess I will ask you this. What makes you um what what makes you tick? Is in like what makes you uh want to go out there and dominate? What you like? What what's what's something that just makes you tick and like turn on that switch to go out there and dominate every single day? A desire to be the best. That's it. A desire to be the best and and putting in my ten thousand hours on a daily basis, like adding to like each day I make a deposit um into the into the into the team footprint um, brand. Yeah. And each day I got to keep building, building, building. And, and every day that I'm not or that, that I'm not and the company's not doing something, whether it's the staffers or the, the, the media team, it's, it's a day that we're slipping. Somebody's catching up on us. And, and, and I know that being that we've been in the business a little longer than most, people are watching. 
and we have to maintain a certain level of ex excellence and also uh, maintain the consistency. And I think that's big. Um, so that's one of, one of, if not the main reason for us to continually mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis get out there and try to be the best. No, I like that in terms of what you say on the later part in terms of um, maintaining this, the standard of excellence and more importantly, the deposit. Um, I was paid for this master class in a little classroom that you have people teach you stuff. And I, the one I paid for was Steph Curry. He said something similar. He said, um, each day I work on my game, I put a penny into the bank. And he was like, the reason why I called it a penny is because he said that, you know, if I want to be this rich, you know, it takes a lot of fucking pennies. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I like that. I think I'm going to start uh, adding that to how I view my company now because it's true. Like, you know, if you constantly make that deposit that investment every single day and you build a compound interest, you will get what you are looking for. However, yep. if the principle is low, you'll just get a low return. Yep. If the standard of excellence is high, you'll get a high return upon your value because the principle is so high. Yep. Agreed. No, you're 1,000%. And, and Steph Curry, actually, I need to holler at him real quick. He's stealing my shit. A lot, a lot of dudes be selling your shit. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> a lot of dudes be selling you. You got to copyright it, man. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, nah, no problem. But now nah, that's it, OG. That's all I had to ask you today, man. You know, I appreciate you as always for you know saying, uh, giving me uh, the wisdom and um, and always investing in me. I think um, it's me and you fostering like you know the mentee mentor relationship between you and my other uh big homie Jay Anderson and also Coach Harper. Um, you three guys have like, you know, um, allowed me to really see um, how talented I am with stuff off the court. Mm. And uh, the best thing about it is you guys don't do the bullshit and just, you know, gas. You guys keep me accountable. You guys make sure like I'm doing shit the right way. Right. You guys uh, make sure that like, yeah, you got this potential, but these are the steps that you have to take to get there. And also fuck the potential. That's a cap. We want to be limitless. So let's I'll work that shit. Yeah. You guys instilling that type of um, you know, principle. Uh oh, no, no, all right. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you good. So you guys instilling those principles into me. Um, from age, I met Coach Chopper at age 21. I met you when I was uh 23, and Jay at mm -hmm. 23. So from 23 till now, I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's been a major jump, and I'll say before. Um, it's been stagnant. So I guess to anybody out there listening right now, I would say um, don't look for anybody to invest into you. I mean, you can go look out there for a mentor, but, I, but more importantly, what allowed me to uh, get close to you guys was that um, I wanted to be great first. I wanted to be great on my own first. And um, that allowed me to um, attract people who saw that within me and uh, led me down the right path. Because I feel like if you just go out there on the whim saying, oh, I just want to mentor and stuff like that. You're going to be asking your mentor what to do, what to do, what to do, when he's not here to hold your hand. He's just simply here right. to make sure you're on track. That's simply yeah. it. Yeah. So um, I guess anybody listening out there, um, invest in yourself first. Um, put everything into yourself first, and the right people will come into your life to make sure you stay on the path versus you stepping outside your power to find somebody to put something within you. That's not how it works. Right. Yeah, yeah. yourself first, and then you express that outwardly. Yeah, a mentor's job, I think, is like you mentioned, a guide, mm -hmm. not tell. Uh, yeah. guide and and then use and, and inspire uh, i think I, cool. we put up a post not too long ago that on nipsey hustle said to a certain extent um you could either inspire or be inspired and that's what mentorship is basically to inspire those that want to be inspired um yeah i remember that I remember that interview who was at a college speaking i remember that yeah yeah we put it on our reels i think i think she put it on reels it's on our reels now but um 
but what's what's lacking, I think, mm -hmm. as an older person is nobody's willing to mentor the next generation. So it ends up being a vicious cycle of fuckery. Um, yeah. So somebody has to take somebody and say, listen, young fella, this is how we're going to do it. This is what you should do. This be careful. This pitfall, pit, pitfall is just that people just have out there on a willy nilly trying to figure it out on their own. And, you know, particularly, I hate to go to the race car, but black men need to see other successful black men. Black women need to see other successful black women. Ooh. Caucasian women need to see other successful Caucasian. And the same thing for the men is you have to see something that you're familiar with to be successful. To, for, for you to genuinely be inspired. So I'm not saying that we're successful, but use what we've done to make the next level next level better. That's just basically it. No, I feel you because I feel like, you know, without a mentor and from my own experience, you end up trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. yeah. Because instead of somebody telling you, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, you end up doing it on your own. And then by the time you're, like you said, 40 or 30 and you finally become successful, you allow the next young man that's in your shoes literally right now at 19, 18 years old, do the same things you're doing. Instead of you trying to, you know, say, nah, avoid all of that. You can get to where I can get to in like, you know, five years if you just avoid all of these mistakes. Yeah, hold yeah. something up. Hold something up. And he said, um, I did all that so you wouldn't have to go through that. Something exactly. along those lines. So I, I something along those lines. No, nah, I feel you. I think that was from um, a blueprint. Yeah, I don't remember what song though. Hope did that, so you wouldn't have to go through that. Something like that. Nah, I feel you. But um, but yeah, that's all I just wanted to add on that last part because um, I felt like this company wouldn't be where it's at right now if um, you know, I didn't have the mentors I have in my life right now, especially with you pushing the content. Um, I was on some bum shit last year. I was having like <laughs> my real shells on some bum shit last year. I had like you know one quote a week, and I barely fucking it was be the brick of the week, and I got them put it on um. I might drop it Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. It's like, damn, Holmes, it's supposed to be the fucking first day of the week, at least Sunday shit. You got uh -huh. it on Thursday. Uh-huh. When I saw you with the reels and like, you know, the different um quotes and stuff like that, I'm like, God damn, I ain't doing shit. So you set the tempo. And so I started following that. I had like the quote and the reels. And then like, you know what? I was like, you know, I read the book Third Circle Theory and it said, um, leave a legacy, like leave something greater than you. And I was trying to do the company. I want to leave something bigger than me. And I, uh -huh. I, I had to stop. I realized there is nothing bigger than me besides the creator. And so if I'm, if I'm gonna put myself out there, I want to put my most genuine self out there. And like, that's my legacy, me. The best version of myself is my legacy. It's nothing else besides that. Yeah. And once I made that switch, I just took what you did and like, man, I just went crazy with it. I just went crazy with the content. I started, uh, making the quotes, making the um, workout videos and um, started like making plans like, you know, what's next. I really just went crazy, but I do thank you though for um, being, um, uh, you know, saying somebody who's willing to just always push the, the envelope and uh, bring something new. So when you had the real quotes and like, you know, you was making everything sound cool and I'm like, shit, I want to do that too. So I did that with the mortar reels and the daily brick and uh, the pavement, all that other stuff I'm making right now. But um, it started with you though. Like I had an idea but um, if you didn't pop it off, I swear to God, I still would be on Instagram right now making one bullshit quote a week uh -huh. and, asking, and asking folks to like join a fucking uh, Zoom session to, uh, to, to get basketball lessons, ask for money uh -huh. or some dumb shit. So I thank you for like, you know what I'm saying, give me uh, the inspiration. Like Lispy said, either you inspire or be inspired. So I thank you for the inspiration for showing me like, you know, how to use my talent and uh, inspire other people. Yeah, no, nah, thank you for listening. And, 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 and it wasn't me. I got I got inspired from my youngest my youngins 
they inspired me. Um, oh, word. My, the young, the young boys put you on game. Yeah, he, um, you know what they were saying, and, and, and to their credit, and I'm saying mm -hmm. Deja and uh, Jelani, is that the product, everybody does basketball training. So, what, like, again, everyone has a, has a yeah. brand company. What's going to separate you? And no, no disrespect to nobody out there, aren't that many that have 25 years of successful teaching and, 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 and training. So it's you. It's like, Mark, it's you. So you have to be in a position where you're in front of the camera a little bit more. So that's why you see me now in front of the camera doing interviews and stuff like that. It's just like um, the staff pushed me and they wanted me to get more out there, do more content and more content. So now they got me on overdrive and I'm wilding out. They got me doing crazy. They got me doing crazy stuff. And I, I, like, I just want to stay on the court, but but it ain't like that no more. <laughs> like, it's, it's not like that anymore. Yeah, I learned it the same as that way. It's like, you know, um, social thing is even like a legacy. The legacy is you. Like the legacy depends on like, you know, saying what you do there's no point you trying to think about something bigger than yourself just just shit just do you do you yeah yeah yes that's simple but nah thank you though bro um thank you for Got always listening uh in your time yeah no, i appreciate it same here man thank you thank you and get your zoom game up baby hey man anchor 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 dropped the ball today on me no, they they anchor. sank that's what the fuck they did they sank <laughs> <laughs> no, pun no pun intended no pun intended no pun intended, but everybody listening out there, uh, we all on Zoom right now because uh, yeah. Anchor wanted to fucking fall down in, uh, to the ocean bottom and uh, yeah. bullshit. With no chain attached, no chain. <laughs> no chain attached, it just <laughs> fell off the boat. <laughs> it just fell off the boat completely. <laughs> they are they old. No, but I'll, I'll send you the links and everything. You'll be good to go. All right, for sure. I'm going to edit it tonight. All right, appreciate it. All right, no problem. You too, bro. Right. Easy. Easy. Right. Word.